If you're new and you're like, what the crap was that video about? I don't know. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, we, yeah, it's just kind of a fun way to do announcements, or they, or they might have no announcements, and we're just going to laugh at them for three minutes, and so it's amazing. We're thankful for them. But welcome, welcome back to Elevation. This is our first service of the semester, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to introduce myself a little bit for anyone that's new, kind of introduce our ministry, and then we're going to jump into the Word of God. Cool? Um, but my name is Amir. I, I've been the pastor for a little over a year now in the Elevation Nation, which is a, a huge blessing. I'm from Mustang, Oklahoma. Anyone know where Mustang is? Other than the people already told us before, y'all are cheaters. Well, I know. He's like, you told me last year. That don't count, man. Come on. Okay, Mustang. We're the Mustang Broncos. It's two horses. I don't know why. Don't ask me questions I don't know the answer to. I've just been saying eight horsepower. That's what I know. Because four plus four is? Why? Wow, smart class. All right. Y'all don't know what four plus? Nah, okay, never mind. Okay, anyways, I moved here. This is fun. So this fall will be 10 years ago. I was a freshman in Conway. It's crazy to think. And so... Um, and then I, I went to school here in town at UCA, and I went to grad school at UCA, and I didn't grow up in church, and so I ended up starting going to a ministry, and then I gave my life to the Lord, got involved with this church, and then I got my master's in counseling. So I was doing counseling full-time here in Conway. I was serving in Elevation and interning, and then our pastor moved to Fayetteville to start a uh, New Life Church in Fayetteville, which is an awesome thing. And he's like, hey, man, I want you to pray about becoming pastor of Elevation. I just laughed. I was like, this is funny, Garrett. And he gave me the most serious look he's ever given me. And I was I think I peed my pants right there in that moment. I was like, ah, what? And I saw God, and now I'm here. And so I, I'm honored to be the pastor. Uh, I, I want to introduce my family because they're the favorite part of me. Everyone thinks I'm kind of cool, but everyone loves my parents. And so they're going to come sometime, guys, and you're going to meet the foreign sensation that's my family. Um, I used to have a fro this last spring. So if you're new and you're like, what is wrong with your hair? Don't judge me. But that's my parents. M my dad's name is Iraj. It's Persian. And my mom's name is Maluk. It's also Persian because we're full-blooded Persian. <laughs> hey, they're from Iran, which is really cool. And it makes for great accents. So th this is really special, though. I got to show this to the church this summer. But this was, the, this was on Mother's Day. And uh, so I, if I haven't told you, or I didn't say it earlier, I didn't grow up in church. And so um, my parents aren't believers yet. That's what I like to say, to speak in faith. Can I get an amen? And so this was the first time they have ever been to church. And it's special to me because I had been praying for this for about six or seven years. Uh, when I became a Christian, I just want my family to become Christians. And so I've been praying about it, praying about it. And finally, my parents were like, we would love to come see the church. And I was like, what? And uh, they came, and I was sitting right there. And I'll never forget, I just started tearing up in worship. Because, guys, it's just, sometimes with your family or your best friends, it just seems like, how is this going to happen? You know, it's just like you pray and you pray. And um, anyways, I, I just, that day I just felt like I was supposed to tell people about that answered prayer. Because I know sometimes when we pray for a long period of time, this is not in my notes. When, when we pray for a long period of time, we just sometimes wonder, like, God, are you even there? Do you even hear my prayers? And then they walked in the door, and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And so now they might be coming this week because it was my birthday week, and my mom was like, hey, if we come, we want to come to church. And I was like, what the crap's going on? This is amazing. So um, I, I want to say that so you get to know my family. I also want to say that to encourage any of you in here who maybe have family or you have friends or you have siblings or you have coworkers that, man, you've been praying for, that you want to come and not necessarily to church, but, man, you want them to be in a relationship with God and you're still praying. I just want to let you know, man, God is faithful. Like, he, 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 never, he, he never comes back on his promises. He never comes back on his word. And so if my parents, who grew up in a different country in the Middle East, can come to a church in Conway, Arkansas, four and a half hours from Mustang, Oklahoma, you, your family can come to church. Your friends can come to church. Your coworkers can come to church. Can we give God an amen on that? Come on, somebody. So I just want to encourage you guys with I got to tell you a story, though, about my parents. I've learned that um, if you're new to Elevation, everyone loves 
to make, not make fun of my parents, but funny stories about my parents. Almost were like, I'm irrelevant. They just really wish my parents were here. So that's okay, though. My parents love Fanta. Let's get this out of the question. We probably have six liters of Fanta at the house right now. That's three two liters or two three liters. Hello. Anyone used to get big on three liters? No? Okay. That was circa 1995. Uh, some of y'all were just being born. God bless you. Um, so... My dad called me on my birthday. Seth was with me, um, and, I, and I'm like talking to him, and he's like, Amir, that's how you say my name in the Persian world. It's much similar to <laughs> the American world. I don't know why I said that. So um, <laughs> there's two different worlds. No. Um, so when you were a girl with foreign parents, anyone have foreign parents or know people have foreign parents? Nobody. Where's Joshua? Give me some love here. Yeah, come on. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> It's just different. That's all I'm trying to say. Well, anyways, my dad calls me. He's, like, really excited. I have to look at my, the pronunciation, how he said this word. And he was like, I'm here. Happy today. And he's like, I want to come. And I want to go visit these places. So my parents love to be outdoors, right? And he said, I want to come to Uichita. And I was like, Uichita? And he was like, yeah, I want to come to Uichita. And I said, Wichita, Dad? And he's like, no, 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 no. I was like, Wichita, that's in Kansas. He's like, no, 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 Uichita. I look it up on the Google. And I was like, Dad, I don't know where that is. He's like, it's in Arkansas. And I'm like, I, look at, I literally looked at Seth. I said, Seth, do you know where Oichita is? No idea where Oichita is. I said, Dad, I don't know where that is. Where is it? He goes, it's next to Hot Springs. I go, Dad, do you mean Washita? He goes, no, Oichita. And I go, Dad, what are you talking about? He goes, Amir, it's O-U-A. Dad, that's Washita. It's a, Dad, this is not fair. Let me just apologize for English. Dad, it's not fair. That's like a fifth level word. It's wash, W, you pronounce it that way. He goes, really? I was like, yeah. And he goes, mm, okay. I want to go to Washita. And I was like, there we go. So I can't make this stuff up. I literally hung up the phone. I said, I have to tell Ovation that. That's just, you can't make it up. But that's my family. One day they'll come here and they'll meet y'all and maybe something crazy will happen here in the church. Amen. Um, but this is Elevation. Elevation, I said it earlier, if you're new, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Elevation is the college and young adult ministry of New Life Church. You might say, Amir, well, what does that mean? Well, we, we are a college ministry, but since we are a part of a church, we are a campus college ministry on some campuses, but there's people in this room from CBC. There's people in this room from Hendricks. There's people in this room from UCA. There's people in this room from OBU at NLC, which is the college that's connected to our church in, in conjunction with Washtenaw Baptist. There's people here from Moralton. So we're a college ministry, right? It's not just one college, but then we also have young adults here, people who maybe never went to school, who are out of school, who are working. And so we just believe as a church, that's what we're called to pastor, both of those things. So right now in this room, there's people that are single, there's people that are engaged, there's people that are married. Most people are single. So if you want to look around, fellas, got your back here for you, buddy. All right. Find your place. Good segue. Single guys. Just kidding. Okay. So and what we believe strong is the vision God's given us for our ministries, find your place. And that's just simply, man, we, we just believe everyone has a place in the body of Christ. That's what scripture says. But also here in young adulthood, we all have a place. And so we, we, we say it three ways, three C's in Christ, community, and the church. And so we believe, man, we want you to grow in your relationship with God. We want to be a ministry that equips you and, and helps you grow in your walk with God. And, and you, you go farther in him and deeper in him. And then we also want you to grow in biblical community because we're not meant to do life alone. Can I get an amen? And sometimes it's hard, especially if you're gone for the summer. Even if you're a young adult and you're kind of secluded from people, it gets hard, man. And then we believe, man, we're called to the church, too. You all guys have gifts, and there's something about serving, man, and it starts in the local church and it ends up outside the four walls. And we want to be a ministry that equips you for that. So when you hear find your place a lot, that's what we mean by it. But we're so thankful you're here. Um, this is what we're going to do tonight, though. 
we, what we do is we, we come, we worship, we get in, get in the word of God. I mean, we dig into it. We try to learn as a church family. We go to worship, and then we're going to go after party. Next week, you're here on the video. We have this thing called Life Group Launch. And that's our small groups we call Life Groups. And the Life Groups and Serve Groups are the heart of our church. So next week, we'll have a service dedicated to that. This room will be transformed. I'll, I'll speak a short message. And then we'll give you guys an opportunity to get involved, kind of a find your place night. So if you're looking for a community, if you're looking for a small group, if you want to you volunteer in our church in Elevation or, or maybe in the nursery or maybe in the children's ministry or maybe in the high school ministry, man, we want to give you all an opportunity to do that. Does that make sense? Not if that makes sense. Shake your tail feather. Just kidding. That was 1995 too. Suckers. Maybe more 2000. Sorry. Oh, one cool announcement. Can I give you all a cool announcement? Say yes if you really want a cool announcement. Okay. You were loud enough, so I went. Okay. Free, I don't know if you have a slide. Just freeze our production pass. Do we have a, a social media slide? We have a no, new social media handle, and you might be like, social media, but we'll, act, half of y'all are, be on your phones all day. You're next tired from like, dee, 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 dee. so um, we're in the age of technology. Our new social media is Elevation CWY Conway. If you've been following us before, nothing changes. If you've never followed us, we'd love for you to follow us so then you know updates and stuff. But let me tell you the cool side of that. We're elevated. We used to be NLC Elevation. Well, we're not the only elevation anymore in the state. And as of this semester, there's going to be five other elevations because we're part of a church. Yeah, come on. We're part of a church that has 10 campuses across the state of Arkansas. And so there's going to be an elevation in Conway. There's going to be an elevation in Searcy. There's going to be an elevation in Russellville. There's going to be an elevation in Cabot. And there's going to be an elevation in Fort Smith. Come on, somebody. Can you give God a hand for that? That's a big deal. So because we're a church, man, we're a part of an incredible church, New Life Church. If you don't have a home church, man, we would love for you to come check out New Life. There's there's a hundred amazing churches in Conway. But if you're looking for a church home, man, we're just a ministry. We're not the church. We have 930, 1115 services. Most of Elevation at the 1115 sits here, but a lot of people serve also 1115. They come at 930. We would love for you to check that out as well. But it's a win. We have this retreat called The Stand once a year. And so now it's it's a game changer. And now imagine there's going to be people from all across the state. Even people from Fayetteville are coming to The Stand. And so we just believe in the church family. I love y'all. We're going to pray. Okay. So we're going to pray not only for our services. We just believe in the unity of the body of Christ. So I have some best friends who are on staff at Chi Alpha Campus Ministries on UCA, and I call them today, and we're going to pray for them as well. So will you all join me in prayer? Hey, Father, we love you, and we thank you for the opportunity to worship you, Lord. We thank you for your word that doesn't change. Even though this world changes every day, even though this world is filled with darkness, God, you don't change. Your word doesn't change. And we're thankful for that in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would speak through me, Lord, that your words would come to life in our life. And we can take them, Lord, and we can put them in our hearts, Lord, and that we would leave change because of you. And God, we lift up Chi Alpha to you on UCA's campus, but they're also on Euler's campus and Arkansas Tech's campus, God. And we just pray for the leadership of that ministry, Lord. We're thankful for that ministry that's reaching college students in this city. And God, I thank you for their pastor. I thank you for their staff. They have an incredible intern team, Lord. We just pray a blessing over them in the name of Jesus, Lord. We just pray that students who are attending their services or attending their D groups, Lord, would genuinely want to know you. They would grow in their walk with God, Lord. They would be hungry for you. And God, I pray that you'd prepare their leadership team and prepare their volunteers and everyone involved just to pass their students to the best of their opportunity, Lord. We're thankful for them and the way they love students in this city. And God, be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John 15. Thank you for letting me introduce myself in our ministry. You're the best. John 15, we'll be in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, electronic Bibles, if you didn't bring a Bible, no problem. It'll be on the screen. Got your back. Got your back. So Jesus is talking, red letters. Anytime you see red letters, Jesus is talking. And uh, Jesus is teaching, the, the heading of this in my Bible, NIV says, teaches about the vine and the branches. I'm going to regrip. 
And so this is kind of symbolic. So when Jesus is talking about a vine and the branches, the scripture will talk about it, but he's talking about himself. The first words say, I am the true vine. And then we are the branches, right? But we're going to go through this scripture. So if you're with me, verse 1, scripture says this. Jesus is speaking. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. That's awesome. You are already clean because the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He said it twice now. So Jesus said, remain in me twice now. We're four verses in. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. It's very bold. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Hello. That's encouraging. If you remain in me, fourth time, he said it, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is my, to my Father's glory, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Right? So Jesus is talking to us. Pretty simple context. He's, he's trying to be symbolic. If you're taking notes, you, you should have got a, a note card, carta, that's Spanish. Uh, oh, bilingual. No, I'm not really. I'm sorry. Um, I've been taught this message, just stay connected if you're taking notes. Just stay connected. I believe note takers are history makers, so let's make history together. Just stay connected. So let's unpack the scripture. Jesus is talking, and he says, I'm the vine. Okay? And he says, you're the branches, and my, my father's the gardener. He does the cutting, Right? And then it's cool because he tells us kind of the simple thing. If you remain in me, I'll remain in you. It's a conditional statement, but it's a promise. He says, that, hey, if you remain in me, if you do your part, I'll do mine. I promise. I'll remain in you. But the interesting thing is, Elevation, he says it four times. In eight verses, four times Jesus says, hey, remain in me. If you remain in me, you must remain in me. And you're like, well, why does he keep saying that? Fun fact, anytime in the Bible, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, if God or Jesus repeats himself, you might want to take note because he might be saying something you really need to know. Does that make sense? And so he says, remain in me three times. Well, remain in the original context, the, the King Jimmy. Anyone grew up on the King James variable? Come on now, we call it King Jimmy. The original word is abide. And, and abides, it, abide means to continue. It means to not depart from or to remain in, Right? So Jesus is saying, don't depart from me. Don't leave me. Stay connected to me. And he says it four times in eight verses. That's like an average of two times. I can't do math. Just kidding. Okay, so he tells us a lot. Because when he says, when you remain in me, you'll bear fruit. But if you don't remain in me, you can't bear fruit. I'm sorry. You're incapable of bearing fruit unless you're connected to me. And then he tells us two different ways the Father cuts. He says, if you're not connected to me, if you don't remain in me, you're going to be cut off and you'll wither away. But if you remain in me, you will be pruned so you can bear more fruit. So isn't it interesting, no matter where you stand, whether you're connected to God or not connected to God, the Father still does the pruning. So you can either be pruned by the world and not bear any fruit and conform to what the world says, or you can be pruned by the Father and have more fruit in your life and have more of him in your life. The choice is ours because he says, if you remain in me, I'll remain in you. Jesus didn't say, hey, I'll remain in you if you remain in me. Oh, almost fell off the stage. It's new. That was scary. We're okay. Would y'all have laughed? Thank you. I'll fall then. Okay. Okay. So back to spiritual. He didn't say it that way. He didn't say, hey, if you remain in me, guys, I'll remain in you. I promise. No, he says, or he didn't say, if I remain in you, you remain. He, he gives it to us first. He puts the ball on our core, but then he promises that he'll come through. 
So it's interesting to me. You might ask yourself, Amir, what's the big deal about being connected? Why do I have to be connected? And I love that you would ask that question. Or I love that if any of y'all have questions in your faith. Some of y'all might be like me. You maybe didn't grow up in church. Or you're trying to still figure out what you believe about God. That's okay. Some of y'all might have known God for 20 plus years and you've been walking with God and you still have some questions. That's okay too. You got to know that God's elevation. It's okay to bring questions to God. God's a God that wants your questions. He wants the tough questions. He wants you not to understand so you can seek him more and get deeper in the word. So if you have the question, Amir, why, are you, why is it you being so gangster about being connected? Well, I'm about to tell you. But just know that it's okay if you don't understand that. So God craves a relationship with you. Like that's why he created you to be connected to you. That's what you have to know. So when he says, hey, man, if you remain in me, I'll remain in you because he wants the relationship with you. Because he, Jesus died on the cross for us so we would have a relationship with us. Because I don't know if you've been watching the news elevation, but this world is crazy. It used to be like kind of crazy when I was younger. When y'all were younger, it's like maybe once a month a catastrophe happened. And now it's like weekly and daily. And the world's getting darker and darker. So to chalk it up, this is what it means. It means we need a savior. Because we're not perfect, we're never going to be perfect, and we can't fulfill all the needs that we have. We can't get past the struggles we have. We can't get through the issues that we have. We need a Savior, right? So Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to be connected to me because I want to hook you up. I want to have your back. I want to give you hope in a dark place. I want to give you faith when you don't have it. I want to cover you with grace when you mess up. I want to love you with an everlasting love. That's why we got to be connected. Because if you're like me, you still have some issues. Yeah, I'm the pastor, and I still struggle with stuff. I still have challenges. I still have to ask God for stuff. I still need mentors. I still fall short of the glory of God is what scripture would say. And God's a God that says, hey, I love that, but I want to meet those needs for you. I want to be your rock in a hard place. I want to be your strong tower. Some of y'all, I, don't, I know some of y'all, but I don't know. We haven't had service since April. So I don't know what happened to y'all three months ago or happened to y'all today. But God knows. I don't know what you're dealing with. I, I, if I would know, I'd pray for you, but he knows he knows what your struggle. There's people in this room who've been isolated this summer, who might have feelings of depression for the first time, who might be anxious about things where it takes over, who might be scared to go back to school. There's some young adults who are trying to find a job, and the job they have right now, they're not really feeling, and they're kind of asking God questions. Some of y'all might be having a comparison battle. Social media is great, but it's the enemy's playground for, so, for comparison. And so I don't know where you're at, but I know that we need a Savior because he's going to meet the needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? That's why we got to be connected because we need God more than ever, more than ever, right? And so Jesus wants this relationship with us. He wants us to be connected. He wants to be our hope, our freedom. In him, we have freedom. In him, we have purpose. In him, we have faith. In him, we have all these things, but we simply have to be connected. Let me give you an example. Anyone ever seen an extension cord or a power strip? Raise your hand if you've seen one. If you haven't, you're stinking lying. This is America. Go to Walmart. Just kidding. Don't go to Walmart. I need to talk to you. Okay, so... So an extension cord is just an extension of the power in the wall, right? So you plug in an extension cord. If I had an outlet right here, I'd plug in an extension cord, and as far as I can go, I can either connect it to multiple things or one thing. And the cool thing about an extension cord is this. As long as it's plugged into the power source, you have the fullness of power in the extension cord. But if it's not plugged in, it's just a really pretty cord with a lot of potential. A lot of potential, but nothing's happening. The same thing is with us when we're connected to God. When we're connected to the source, when we're abiding in him, when we're remaining in him, when we're connected to the vine, we get the fullness of love. We get the fullness of grace. We get the fullness of freedom. We get the fullness of hope. We get the fullness of purpose. We get the fullness of forgiveness. We get the fullness of everything, and all we have to do is simply be connected to him. And you're saying, Amir, is it that easy? Now I'll say, yes, it's that easy. 
Because our generation, we get so caught up in the task and doing things for God when God simply says, I just want to spend time with you. I just want you to be connected to me. Let's hang out before you go do something for me. Yeah, the, the, the Bible does say go and make disciples of all nations, but he also says that you're my son and daughter first. And we talk about being devoted to God first. But you know what's frustrating is like when you can't connect with things, right? And so like it's frustrating when you can't connect to people. And it's, it's, it's even more frustrating when they're close to you, like your family. I'm sure our parents have gotten ticked at us at least 100 times when they can't get a hold of us, right? Anyone have helicopter kind of parents? Like, I've called you, and you're like, Mom, you called me 16 times a day. And so, like, I get it. You would have talked, and I've been in class where I've been at work, and you know I work every day, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and you keep calling me. It's 3.30. Mom, I'm not off work. Hello. Okay, so, hello, if you just want to say hi. Oh, you just want to say hi. It's good. But we, we get frustrated when we're not connected, right? Well, think about this way. Think about funny things. Like, what happens when our phones don't work? Nowadays, we, like, freak out. We're like, I'm trying to make a phone call. <laughs> Man, this won't work. Or my favorite's Wi-Fi. We're like, not connected, not connected, not connected. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Is the Wi-Fi working? What's the passcode? You know, and you're, like, searching for your neighbor's Wi-Fi, but you're just, I'm trying to look at this, right? And we get frustrated because we can't be connected. I don't know if you're a college student. When I was in college, there's this thing called Blackboard. I don't know if you have like an online homework thing. Everyone's like, Lord Jesus. And it's 11 o'clock and your assignment's due at midnight and you get on and says, Blackboard's down. You say, I'm about to dropkick Blackboard. I'm, <laughs> it better you start working or I'm going to throw it out the door. Or if you're working and there's a server and you're like, the server's down. You're like, no, the server's not down. I got to fix this or China's about to blow up. Help me, God. So connection, right? It's silly, I know. But the same is for us, man. We got to be connected to Jesus. And that's what the scripture is talking about. He says, if you remain in me, I'll remain in you. I'll promise I'll hook you up. I got your back. So this is what I want to talk about tonight. We've said, okay, so we need to be connected. We get that, right? So I want to talk about two big picture ideas. I'm going to have three points. I'm going to talk about two big picture ideas. If God's plan for us, and if you didn't know I'm about to say, if God's plan for us is that we be connected to him simply, and then everything else flows from that, let's talk about two things. One, what separates us from God? We're going to call that playing defense for all my college athletes out there or formal intramural all-stars like me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that was a joke, but it was kind of serious. I have a lot of shirts. I want a lot of shirts. That's great. Not like a trophy, though. Okay, so we're going to talk about how we're separated from God, what separates from God, and then we're going to talk about how to stay connected to God. Cool? Staying connected to God is going to be a little more offense. Because if you've ever played a sport, watch a sport, and know, you can shut people out all day, but you got to score. You know what I'm saying? And our God's in the business of scoring and winning and defeating things, if you know what I mean. So, number one, if you're taking notes, we're going to talk about the defensive side first, how we get separated from God. I'm going to be a little punchy, but this is out of love. Number one is you got to know your enemy, okay? You have to know your enemy. So in John 10, Scripture says, Jesus is talking, he says, The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have that you may have life. I have come that you may have life and life to the full. So the enemy comes to steal joy, to, 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 to kill hope, to destroy our connection with God. But Jesus looks at us and said, hey, but I got a backup plan. I've came to give you life. And not only am I going to give you life, I'm going to give you life to the full. I'm going to give you the fullness of power. I'm going to give you the fullness of the things you desire. But all you got to do is stay connected to me. So imagine this. If we know, if God's plan is to keep us connected to him, it's easy. The enemy's plan is the opposite. He's to separate us from God. And so it started in the garden with Adam and Eve. He, 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 he tricked them. That we call it deceit, but it was all the separation. He, he tricked them. They got separated from God, and then they started arguing with each other because that's the enemy's plan. The enemy tries to separate you from God, and then he tries to separate you from each other because he knows if he can do that, you're done. And there's a lot of avenues of that happens, but that's the root of what he tries to do. God wants you to stay connected to him. The enemy wants you to separate from God and, 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 and each other. 
So the cool thing is this. Think about it if, if I have any history buffs out there at war. So it, it, back in the old times or even now when, when they're planning strategy for war, they're trying to know what the other person's attack is. They're trying to know how they attack. Or sports is easier. If you're an athlete in here, I know there's a lot of athletes in the room. Your coaches get game film from other coaches in the conference, from other teams, professionally do that too. And they look at game film because they're trying to plan an attack. They're trying to see how this defense plays so our offense can score. They're trying to see how their offense plays so our defense can hold them, right? And so we're going to do the same thing tonight. I'm going to show you some of the plans of the enemy so you know how to win, so you know how to play defense, and so you won't be separated from God. Can I get an amen? So this stuff might be challenging because it challenges me. It's been challenging me to prepare this for you because it challenges me. But know that this is not to rub it in your face. This is not to shake my finger at you. It's to say, hey, I'm trying to be coach, pastor coach, have your back. We're going to, we're going to expose the enemy's plans, and we're going to win. Can I get an amen? That's what this is about. So I'm going to give you three quick ways within this point, sub points, holla, of how we get to know our enemy. Number one is sin. He tries to separate us with sin. Please don't check out right here. I know sometimes you've grown up and some of y'all have grown up in different churches that they talk about sin. They shank your finger in your face and they said, you're going to hell if you sin. Blah, repent, repent. I'm not that guy. I'm brown. I didn't grow up in church. I don't even know how to talk like that. So I'm not here to shake my finger at you and to bash you. I have sinned. I struggle with stuff. I need forgiveness just as much as you are. I'm your pastor, right? And so, so many times we hear this and we check out in church, especially our generation, because we don't want to, we're sometimes not as teachable as we should be, okay? And so this is what I'm trying to say. Sin is anything that separates us from God. That's the easy example from it. And so Romans 3.23 says, all of us have fallen sin, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So no one's perfect in this room. We're all on the same playing field. So if any of y'all got a little nervous when I said sin, you need to relax because we've all sinned. It's clear. That's what scripture says. And it's okay because we have a savior who defeated sin. We'll get to that in a second, right? And so let me tell you some truths about sin that I've learned in my life and that the word shows. Sin always separates us from God. We talked about that. Separates us from the vine. Sin always comes to the surface. It might take some more time, but it comes to light. It exposes. Think about any celebrity in the media or politician, and they're like, 16 years ago, they did this and this and this at a nightclub. And you're like, what does this have to do with anything? Because sin has a way of coming back up, has a way of coming to the surface, has a way of exposing us. And the last one that is a little challenging is sin always takes you farther than you intend. It always takes you farther than you intend. What, what comes off as a, a fun time or a good idea or, or something practical, and then it, we're way down here and we're thinking, how did I ever get here, God? Let me give you some examples from my life so you don't feel like I'm coming at you. So there'd be times in college where I, I didn't drink in, in high school because my dad was an alcoholic growing up, and so I was really scared of it, and it, it kind of tore our family up growing up. And so I, I didn't start drinking until my freshman year, and we would just do it leisurely, and we started drinking. And, and guys, let me say this. I'm not the guy that tells you what you can. I'm not your dad. I know that if you're of age and you want to have a couple drinks, cool. I, I'm not your dad. But if, you're, if you want to drink and drive and all that stuff, that's where I get sassy, pastor. I don't want you to do that, okay? So don't let, let here you hear, oh, Mirrors doesn't want us to drink. If you're an adult, you're of age. If you're underage, be careful. Lord Jesus, you're going to jail. Okay, so that was a joke. But seriously, you could go. Okay, so <laughs> cops don't play around here. Um, lost my train of thought. So we would go have some drinks. It was never like, let's rage, rah, college. You know, it was just like, let's go have some drinks. Some people do that. It's really funny. Uh, that's why YouTube comes back and gets you. Okay, so, and we'd always go out and hang out. And I remember countless times we'd end up drinking more and someone think it'd be a good idea to take more shots or have more beers or shotgun a beer or beer bong a beer. And then we'd end up at another house that we never intended on being a house. And there's a bunch of weird people and they want to give you stuff. And you're like, this is kind of creepy. I should probably never drink or eat any of this. Um, and then I remember we'd always wake up the next morning frustrated. And maybe you and your friends say this. I don't mean to be mean, but we say this phrase, I'm never drinking again. If you've ever known anyone that said that, we used to say that all the time. Because when we started the night, we just wanted to have fun and have a couple of drinks. 
And then, and, then, and then we started making poor decisions, and then we started hanging out with the wrong people, and then we started doing stuff and saying stuff to people we probably never should have, and then we got farther and farther along, and we lost self-control, because that's where it kind of gets blurry when it comes to drinking, and then I woke up regretting everything. That's what would happen to me. Or I would, I would see a girl at a party, and I think she was pretty, and so I was like, man, I'm trying to holler. I'm in college. Yeah, this is great. Fraternity. You know, and so I'm like talking to these girls, and, and then it's like I don't really pursue them, though. I'm just talking to them, and then we start hanging out, and the next thing I know, I'm at their dorm room, or they're at my house, and I'm thinking whoa, how do we even get here? Because I was just trying to flirt with a pretty girl at the party that I'm not pursuing, that I'm not taking on a date, that I haven't told I have any feelings for. I'm just doing it because I'm a cliche guy. This is me. I'm not trying. And then I realized, wow, I never intended on being here. Because sin is always fun for a season. For a season. The cool thing is the young adults in this room, they could stand up and they can tell you that better than I could. It's fun. If, it's, if, it's, if, you're, if you're not having fun, then you're probably not doing it right. Ooh, that's scary to hear from the pastor. But it's only fun for a season, and it ends. And it always takes you farther than you want to go. Because this is what the enemy does, guys. He takes a social scene. He takes relationships. He takes things that God intended for good, marriage and having fun and drinks, whatever it is, and he twists it. And you go farther, and you go farther, and you go farther, and then you get to a place you never intended, and the enemy's laughing. Why? Because he just separated you from God. That's what happened. And so, again, I'm telling you this so we know. I'm telling you this so we can strategize. I'm telling you this because I'm your coach. I'm trying to have your back. Don't get shaky in your chair because I've just told you stories about how I messed up. Number two, after sin comes shame. And they almost come together. They're almost like a continuum. But shame, shame is a big way we're separated from God. Let me read you the definition of shame. Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Hello, Webster's Dictionary. Crap, dropping bombs. That sounds like an awful, awful definition. The crazy thing about shame is this, guys, shame and guilt. The shame is like a self-separator. Because when we feel shame, we take the step back. God doesn't push us back. We feel shame. We wake up the next morning after things I was talking about, and we say, man, there's no way I could be around God. There's no way I could go to elevation. Why would I ever be in a small group? If they knew what I did, and you're probably sitting in this room like, Amir, if you know what I did this summer, you would probably think twice about if I can come back to God. And the enemy's saying, gotcha. Because this is, where, this is where temptation, sin, all of it starts, guys. It starts right here in your thought life. Let me be counselor for a second. All of it starts here. No magic devil puppet's going to grab your arm and make you do stuff. That's weird. That's not Christianity. That's not the word. It's in your thoughts. It always starts with a thought, and then we ruminate on the thought, and then the thought turns into an action. The action turns into behavior. The behavior turns into a habit. That's what happens. But the enemy comes in our minds and he says, shame, shame, guilt. No, I mean, you can't hang out with them. And then it gets crazier. You can't pursue that girl. She would never hang out with you. You can't apply for that job. You would never get it. And then we start having these self-defeating thoughts that all started with a little fun time and it's came in shame and guilt, shame and guilt, shame and guilt. And again, I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just trying to tell you the tactics of the enemy so we can win, right? After shame, last one at this little sub point, enemy's playbook is seclusion. So ha- sin happens. We have shame and guilt in our life. Then we're secluded. And then he has you right where he wants you. He separated you from the vine, and then he separated you from your friends and family, the people who care about you the most, the people who love you, the people who go back to you, the people that would die for you. And seclusion is simply isolation from others. And this is when temptation, when, when struggles can be their hardest, because you feel like you're alone. You feel like no one else struggles. Guys, I did counseling for a year and a half. I, I talk to people, and they feel like no one else struggles with what they, what they struggle with. No one else has anxious thoughts. No one else has suicidal thoughts. No one else has had the breakup I did. And not to say that what they're going through is not right and they weren't hurting, but the enemy gets in their head and says, you're the only one struggling, and you're never going to make it out of it. 
when our God is beating his chest saying, please just come back to me. Please just remain in me. I love you so much. I'll do anything for you. I died on that cross for you. My grace is sufficient. My grace covers a multitude of sins. My perfect love casts out all fear. That's what he says. But in our thoughts, it's the enemy. Circles. Circles. This is the tough part about all this, guys. Then it begins to happen in a pattern. So we struggle with sin. We feel shame and guilt. We isolate ourselves, which leads us to struggling with sin. So we feel shame and guilt. So we isolate Sadra's mold. So, so how many of y'all have had friends? And I'm not talking about coming to church. We've had friends, and then you don't see them for six months. I was that friend countless times. And you'll text them, and you'll call them, and they won't respond. Why? It's not because of the things they did. It's not because of sin. It's because in their mind, they're isolated. They feel like they're not worthy to hang out with you. They don't feel like they can come around. They feel like everyone's going to judge them when they come back to the church. And if we're going to be a ministry that doesn't come, treat people as they are when they come, I don't want to be a part of it, right? Because we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Can I get an amen? That's the kind of ministry we're going to be. We're going to meet people where they're at. We're going to love them like God's loved us. And so this is the cool thing, guys. We're talking about practice. No, just kidding. We're talking about defense. So the guys are like, I get it. Girls are like, what? Um, Seth, can you bring me up this tree, please? We're going to get crazy at elevation. Is that okay? I'm not going to cut my finger. I promise if I do, stop service and pray. Okay. So we've just spent some time talking about the plan of the enemy, right? And I hope that didn't discourage you because, again, I keep saying it. I just want you to know, and this is from my life, this is from the Word of God, what he tries to do to separate you from God. Because when you're plugged into God and when you're connected, you have the fullness of him. You walk in the fullness of God, right? And so the enemy's trying to separate you. So we're talking about those things, not to discourage you, but let me give you a little visual. So we couldn't, I tried to get a fruit tree, me and my team, and they're like $1,000. So we got this nice spruce. Okay. So don't judge us. This is college, young adult ministry, guys. We're not a bank. Um, so, yeah, fake is exhausting, so it's good. Um, so imagine this middle thing is the vine, and we are the branches. And then these cute little green leaves would be the fruit, fruit, if you will, right? So this is the vine. This is Jesus, J.C. Cristo. That's Haitian for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Team Haiti. So, wow, they're here. This is good. Okay, so this is what happens. If you're connected to this thing, I hope everyone can see, you'll bear fruit, Right? And so then we struggle with sin, and it gives us a little clip. And then we have some shame, and it gives us a little clip. And then we get secluded, and we kind of feel like we're on our own. And the next thing we know, we're down. I'm not trying to be dramatic. It's just, this is just real life. And then we're, we're disconnected. Wow, that smells. We're disconnected. It's very sprucey in here. Okay. Sorry. It's so hard not to be silly with this thing. Okay. Um... And then we're disconnected from the vine. And then we feel isolated. And what's sad about this is we feel like no one knows. We're by ourselves. And we want nothing more to be reconnected, but we don't know how. It's like out of sight, out of mind. And then and the thing repeats. Let me show you something. I've had this cute little plant here, baby spruce. It's actually a lie. I just broke it off earlier and I put it in the dirt. <laughs> Hello. Let me show you something, though. This look like a baby version of this, right? I, I pulled this off earlier, and it looks, if this was in the soil, it looks the exact same. And this is a representation of the Christians in the South. We look like we're okay. We say we're okay. We nod our head. How you doing? I'm doing good. But inside, we're isolated. We feel shame, and we have some sin struggles in our life. And really, we're, we're not connected. And what Scripture says is when we're not connected, we slowly wither away and die. I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm talking about on the inside in your heart. This is what happens. But it looks like, if you put it in soil and give it water, it looks like it'll grow. 
maybe that tree will be just not a fruit plant, but normal trees won't grow. And so that's how the enemy puts on too. And then we believe it. If I put up this front, if I take this picture this way, if I tell my friends, if every time my mom calls, I said things are good, I look like I'm connected. I'm not. I'm down here on the ground, right? And I just want to encourage you, I don't want that to be your story. So you might be in elevation. This might be your first time. You're like, this is the most discouraging ministry in the world. And I'm just kidding because this is the cool side. This is where God comes in, right? We're talking about defense. We talked about the plan enemy. We're done with that. We're going to talk about offense. This is where God comes in. This is where hope comes in. This is where God says, hey, I got your back. I'm never going to leave you disconnected. I'm going to die on the cross for you so you can be connected at any time, anyway. And all you got to do is say yes to me, right? Because in me, there is hope. In me, there is everything. And this is the cool thing about Jesus, guys. Not only does he meet you where you're at, he never wants you to stay there. He meets you on the ground right here, but he wants nothing more than you be connected to the vine and stronger than ever. Stronger than you were before when you got disconnected. So know that our God's not a judging God that shakes his finger. He says, come to me, all who are weary and weak, and I'll give you rest. Just come. Just come to me. So on the backside of this, the rest of the sermon, we're going to talk about offense. We're going to talk about how we stay connected. Number two, if you're taking notes, we stay connected by way we receive God's love and grace. We receive it. That verb is huge. Receive. We receive God's love and grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and not, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So what the scripture is saying is our, the, the, the love and the grace from God that connects us to him, it's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. And sometimes we get in this legalism in the church, the big C church, where we think we got to do these things to get right with God. And God just saying, no, no, you just got to receive my gift of salvation. You just got to receive my gift of grace. You just got to come as you are and receive my gift of love. And then you'll receive salvation. Then you'll receive the connection you need. Do you need a repent and turn? Oh, yeah. But we think we got to do this laundry list of things. And I'm not saying worshiping God and doing things for God is bad. But all he says, you just got to receive my love and grace. It's a gift. So imagine Christmas time and you got this massive, massive present under the tree because what we say in the church is, oh, I know God. Well, Amir knew God in middle school and high school, but he hadn't made a decision for him to live for him. I knew who God was. You know the trees under the, t- the, the presents under the tree. That doesn't mean you've grabbed it, opened it, and got crazy and torn off all the things like I do at Christmas, right? You got to receive that gift. It's got to be in your heart, in your hand. You say, yes, Lord. I receive your love. Yes, Lord, I receive your grace. Yes, Lord, I receive what you did on the cross for me because then you're connected. That's what scripture says so very clearly. And so we think we have to do these things, God, but it's not about doing because it's already been done. It's already been done on the cross. It's not by our works. Let me, th- let me throw you a cool and one. So in this scripture, he talks about when you're connected to me, you'll bear fruit, right? I tell my leadership team this all the time. The word bear in the Greek means to carry or to put on display, so when we're connected, we carry and put on display fruit. It doesn't say we produce fruit. It doesn't say we make fruit. It doesn't say if we work really hard, we'll have more fruit. No, no, no. We're simply connected to God, and he works through us. We've connected to the source, and he works through us, and then we produce fruit. And that means we just bear it. It's his fruit, and we're just putting it on display. And the cool thing about a tree is, guys, if you'll notice that this tree, when you bear fruit, it's never right up on the trunk. It's out here and up here, and down here, and this represents the people in your life. So when you're bearing fruit, you're reaching your classmates over here, and your teammates over here, and your family over here, and your coworkers over here that you probably couldn't reach right here next to the vine. Bearing fruit. Our old pastor Jason used to always say this, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more or less. There's nothing you can do. 
You can work as hard as you want. You can work as little as you want. When you woke up this morning, God loved you just as much as when you were in this chair at Elevation. He loved you just as much last week. Same. Unconditional, unchanging, never failing love. So we just have to receive it. It's a heart issue. Does that make sense? Okay, number three. We're going to land this plane. The last one is this. You have to be fed. So we're talking offense here. In order to stay connected, you have to be fed. So we talked about we got to know the plans of the enemy. That's defense. We got to receive God's love and grace. We got to be fed. John 4 14 says this Jesus is talking again. He has a lot of great things to say. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So Jesus is saying, man, when you drink my water, my living water, you'll have eternal life. This tree, or any plant for that matter, if I would have got you an apple tree, it would have been way cooler. It's just a lot of money. This tree needs three things. It needs air, carbon dioxide. It needs water. I almost said monoxide. It would die. <laughs> On stage. It needs air, water, and it needs sunlight. We're in church, no pun intended. Jesus, sun, light. Hello. We'll just get that out there. Okay, so it needs all three of those things. Has to have it or it'll die. But the cool thing is every tree is different. How do I know? Fun story. My, my best friend got me a bonsai tree my freshman year because I was obsessed. And I used to, used to be on Oak Street, and it was really weird. And I was like, I want the bonsai tree. And they just got it for me at Christmas. And it wasn't sunny. I kept putting it on my windshield. Guys, I watered that mug like three times a day. It died in like a week. <laughs> because bonsai trees, or at the time, maybe I read it wrong. They were supposed to be watered like once every three days. I watered it three times a day. <laughs> it died. So um, every tree or plant is different. The food is the same. Air water, sunlight is the same. But how much it needs, when it needs it, it's different, right? So every plant is different. The food is the same. And so if this thing doesn't get, if this plant or this tree doesn't get those three things, it will start to, just like the scripture says in John 15, wither away and die. It will not produce fruit. But if it gets those things, it will produce fruit in abundance. The same is true for us. When we're connected we have to be fed. We have to spend time with God. We have to get in his word. We have to communicate him by means of prayer, however you want to do it. We have to worship him. We have to rest. We have to do life with other believers because that's how we get fed as a Christian. Because we can be a believer and not get fed, but we'll eventually die and wither off. And I know that's strong, but it's, it's more than that. So yes, it's connected. It has to be fed though. Write this down if you're taking notes, just to encourage you. The branch is different, but the vine is the same. Let me explain. The branch is different, but the vine is the, is the same. Y'all are the branches. You're different. And that is okay. I, every time I pray for y'all or last prayer, I think about y'all, it's just all I think of is comparison, comparison. You have to know that y'all are all different and God made you different for a reason. But the vine, Jesus, is the same for all of us. So what you do, your, bra your branch, how you get food might look different than me. You might like to pray more, way more than me. You like to you might get in the word more, more than me. You like to worship more than me. It doesn't matter. You just got to be fed. So there's not a one to 10 step process. I can make this a practical message and say, you got to get in the word. You got to do this. But I don't know what feeds you. God made you for the, the way he has you for a reason. You are different and that's okay. Some of y'all are apple trees. Some of y'all are strawberry vines. Some of y'all are grapevines. Some of y'all are pear trees. I don't know what you are, but you're beautiful. Okay, so it's okay that you got to embrace the difference in it. Okay, but the vine is the same. And that never changes. And so you got to figure out, you got to simply receive his love. You got to figure out what feeds me. 
And let me say this. Every plant or everyone, it is impossible to get to spring without winter. It's impossible. So sometimes we go through challenges or sometimes maybe God is stretched us away or sometimes we're tempted by the evil one and we're like, how am I ever going to get us? It feels like winters all the time. It feels like we have an ice day after ice day like Conway. And it's like, is this ever going to end? But spring is just around the corner. And so, so many times in your life, guys, the scripture says that, hey, he cuts off both ways, but the father prunes so you'll bear more fruit. He sharpens you so you'll bear more fruit. So sometimes we're in the winter and we want to give up because we're being pruned and we think God's punishing us and he wants us to bear more fruit in the spring. And we're a month away from bearing the most fruit we've ever had, being the most connected, walking in purpose and hope than we ever had, being more connected than we've ever been. And we give up because we feel like, oh, I can't do this anymore. But this plant goes through winter every single year, every year. And then spring comes around the corner and it blooms. That's the encouraging thing. And there's different seasons in this life and it's okay. You just got to feel out and you got to trust and stay connected to God, right? So we've talked about, uh, talked about the importance of staying connected to God. You got to know the enemy's game plan. We're going to play defense and then offense is made. You got to receive God's love and you got to be fed. I can't feed you as pastor. I'm going to do my best, but so many times I'm going to feed you from what God's teaching me. I feed you. And God wants to teach you things way cooler than he wants you to speak through me. God wants to teach you and feed you in ways that he would never feed him here. Because he created you with his bare hands. He knows you by name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He loves you with an everlasting love. And I know that might sound cheesy sometimes, but try it. Just try spending time with God and watch how, how amazing it is. Because he created you, the branch you are, for a reason. But that vine, it will never change. And so we talk about find your place. That's the heart of it. I want you to find your place in your relationship with God. I want, to, I want you to find, or we want to be a ministry that helps you find what kind of branch you are and how you need to be fed. It's okay, guys. Everything in life's a process. If you don't feel like you have figured out what, what's your life of God, or you, you're trying to figure out the sin and struggling thing because I still am, it's okay. It's a process. You just got to know that our God has our back. He is hope. He is everything. And we simply got to be connected to him. Is it that easy, Amir? A thousand percent, I promise. It's that easy. And know this. This is the best part of it all. This is the good news. If you ever get disconnected, Jesus died for that. And all you have to do is repent and pray and ask to be, re and you'll be right back reconnected. That's what the gospel is. That's what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's where we win every single time. Because he conquered sin, and he conquered death, and he conquered shame, and he conquered guilt, and he conquered depression, and he conquered fear, and he conquered all these things that come in our way. Everything for us. That's where we win every single time. We just have to remain in him, and he will remain in us. We make the move. We receive the love, we get fed, and we're going to do some work. I feel like you needed to hear this in the fall, even if you're a young adult, because the fall's coming, busier times. You just got to know that your time with God is the most important thing, and then everything else will follow suit. Do me a favor. Bow